To all of my loyal listeners across my shows, today's guest is someone who is joining Rare Company as he will be featured on all of my shows. His work for the world of mental health is vast and admirable, to say the very least, plus his personal journey that we just talked about behind the scenes. Dr. Douglas Brackman is a distinguished psychologist, author of Driven, Understanding and Harnessing the Genetic Gifts Shared by Entrepreneurs, Navy SEALs, Pro Athletes, and maybe you, and also the creator of the Driven Assessment and Shooting Meditation. With dual PhDs in psychology, he specializes in practices that hone in on the genetic gifts of roughly 10% of the population. That got me excited. It should for you too. But before we bring him on, let's learn how Doug podcasts. Doug, when you're listening to shows, which platform do you stream through? So when I'm listening to shows, I am, I'm a big Spotify fan. <laughs> so I really am. Joe Rogan and, you know, kind of the, the uncensored Un, un, uninhibited is kind of my my forte just because it fits my personality so love it and that's a message to everyone out there there is a podcast for your personality for you especially now podcasts are booming but when in the day do you listen to your podcasts so i have a habit of two things one on the way to the gym during the gym and on the way home from the gym I listen to an hour of podcast and then usually every evening I'll go down and I got a hobby room and I'll turn on a podcast of just whatever kind of mood I'm in to wind me down for the night so I I listen probably an hour and a half to two hours a day I do a lot of listening another great message really multitasking and when your leisure time relaxing you could listen to something that's not business related. Doug obviously does that and it's paying major dividends because he's a very busy guy and he's staying level headed. He's on the way home from the gym or before the gym. He's listening to his shows in the car. Thank you for sharing. Everyone listening on, welcome and thank you for joining us. It is once again time to talk all things mental health. This is a mental health break. I am your host and author of the books Mental Health Week. And Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health, Vincent A. Lancey. You can learn more about me at Vincent A. Lancey across social media, the same as my YouTube channel or my website, vincentalancey.com. For those of you who are joining us for the very first time, each week I sit down with a new mental health advocate or professional from around the globe to help you on your journey of life. We all have a different why relating to mental health. And my why came after I suffered a traumatic brain injury. You will learn today's guest why in just a few moments. Before I bring him on, I'd like to share that this episode is brought to you by Tampa Counseling and Wellness. Dedicated to helping individuals looking to positively transform their lives through compassionate counseling and wellness coaching. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, or other mental health issues, Call today for a free consultation, Tampa Counseling and Wellness, Therapy That Inspires Change, and all of their info is in the show description. Dr. Doug Brackman is one of the leading psychologists to some of the most successful and driven entrepreneurs, pro athletes, executives, and other top performers. In working with these top performers, he has also created a driven assessment and driving shooting meditation. As crazy as that sounds, by combining the components of meditation, 
Long Range Shooting and Therapy. Dr. Doug is his name. He helps those with driven characteristics. Awfully wrongly diagnosed as ADHD, ADD, OCD, to harness their hunter abilities so they can stop self-sabotaging, find fulfillment in life, and achieve ultimate success. To top it all off, he is going to share his personal journey, which may just relate to you. He's making a big difference in the world. Dr. Douglas Brackman, a.k.a. Dr. Doug, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Vincent. Man, wow to that introduction. (laughs) I've done quite a few of these episodes now, so I'd like to think my ability to create a meaningful bio has improved. So thank you for that. But please introduce yourself to everyone listening on who has not caught your episode on writing with authors. Yeah, so I am I am an author, I'm a psychologist, I'm a husband, I am a father. Um, I have been in the mental health world basically all my life. At 18, I started working in a, in a drug rehab. And so it introduced me into this world of um, really just, you know, personal development and what is mental health. So it's been my whole life. I'm 53 now, so 36 years, 35 years of pretty much continuous study, both academic and life. So it's uh, it's been quite a journey. <laughs> yes, you have had a great journey from what I've seen online, and now I've had the chance to get to know you through our second podcast recording. Which mental health challenges did you face throughout your journey? So I've said this probably on every podcast I've been on, but it, it's all psychologists, all real good psychologists get into psychology to, you know, to figure out their own stuff, to figure out really what is going on with me. Um, And by the time I was 14, 15, 16 years old, it was pretty obvious to those around me that I was struggling both um, just with this, you could call it anxiety, but it's really a felt sense of impending doom. It felt like there was always the sense that I didn't quite do my homework right, or I was going to forget something, or it just felt like I was um, waiting for the other shoe to drop my whole life. And trying to escape from that led me to, you know, all kinds of drugs and alcohol and trying just to numb myself away from this inner world of uh, angst. Thank you for sharing that and being open to sharing that, I should say, because it is something that many people do go through as well. I'm going to ask you for two, and I say only two because I want the most important things that worked for you. At this time, you had to find a way to get your mental health right. Now, as a leading psychologist, you also do it professionally. But what are some tactics you use to improve your mental health? First, first and foremost, I think the most important thing is this thing called insight. And it is the... You, know, you can call it mindfulness, you can call it a whole bunch of different names, but it's really looking in at your own inner world, your own thoughts and your feelings and all, all the stuff that you want to hide from others and, and have the capacity to realize that you're not alone in it, that everybody's got their own inner world of crazy. And, you know, it's, it's and I wound up going into Alcoholics Anonymous AA in 1986. Um, maintained continuous sobriety since. And it's, it's, it is remarkable how going to 10,000, 15,000 AA meetings and seeing hundreds of thousands of people, all of them terrified that there's something wrong with them. (laughs) And all of them are, man, that's not crazy. That's pretty much normal. That is, that is just the human condition. 
So I think that insight combined with this, you know, just not judgment of myself that I'm, you know, I'm okay. I like that. Not judgment of yourself. And also congratulations on your sobriety, interacting with that many people. I bet you learn one or two things from some people. Oh, yes. <laughs> and yeah, it led me into uh, my doctoral dissertation work. And it, you know, and obviously as a high school dropout, and I delivered auto parts for a couple of years and kind of screwed around until I was 20 and figured out that uh, unless I got an education, my life would suck. So I just went headlong into it. And between, you know, I can say this very clearly that I've learned way more from people than I ever did from a book. Learned more from people than you did from a book. There is nothing replacing firsthand experiences. As a career academic as well, I love to learn the art of learning reading, but you can't find a book, in my opinion at least, that will supersede my experience with, like right now. Yeah, exactly. Personal experience, an incredible podcast we're having so far. Now I want to ask you, Doug, when did you realize you were going to start maybe doing psychology, using your story to make a difference when you said you were going to get education? Was it always this field or did you juggle majors? It's a good story. So I've got, I was sitting in organic chemistry at USC, went to USC for undergrad and organic chemistry. And I was the only, <laughs> only kid in there that seemed to be hating it as much as I did. And at the same time, had a guest lecturer in my Psych 101 class. And I was pre-med in undergrad for the first two years. And the, the psychology guest professor was this guy named Phil Zimbardo. And he was the one who did the Stanford prison studies. Okay. And just this unbelievable world of, um, you know, the Stanford prison studies is where they, they basically randomly assign people to either prisoners or guards. And then you watch basically how the personalities changed. Yeah. And you put these skull caps on the, on the prisoners and you gave the guards uniforms and you gave them. And almost immediately the authoritarian abusive relationship started. And it really got me into this profound question around human nature. And it just lit a candle inside of me. And, and I, within two weeks or three weeks of that, dropped organic chemistry, added another psych class, changed my major and just fell in love with it. Absolutely fell in love with it. But it, it, it wasn't work to me. It just, it lit my candle. I liked reading the books. I love the passion behind what you do. And it reminds me of myself with what I do. I, I, I'm just always looking for growth, always looking for the next thing, just like you. I know you have a lot going on, but what can you share with the public of what you're doing for mental health in the future? So personally, yeah, personally, mental health, what I, you know, I have a daily meditation practice and that, that is, you know, I call it a humility practice and humility, meaning that um, being humble means that you have the capacity to be honest with yourself. And there's, you know, excuse my French, but there's a, it's a magic day in therapy when your therapist tells you you're full of shit but it's this ability for me to see how full of shit I am all the time and not believe my thoughts, not believe this internal narrative of judgment and scared and fear and da, 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 whatever's going on in my inner world to recognize it, see it, let it go again and again and again. And that's have some form of reflection. I, I agree with that very, very much. 
what works for some doesn't work for everyone, what some people like, other people hate. But that's okay because there is a lot of options. He offers meditation as a way of self-reflection. Journaling is very popular with others. Taking walks works for some. Thank you for sharing that, Doug. Yes. Yeah. Big advocate of journaling too. Journaling and journaling is a handwritten journaling. It is a very important part of my long-term practice too. And there's something that happens between the left hemisphere of the brain, right hemisphere of the brain, and the emotional body when you're in the process of writing that seems to be very integrating to all three. So it's, it's something that I have practiced at length. And again, it's not, you know, writing narratives or stories. It's more about a, a self-reflection about, you know, my emotions versus thoughts about a particular topic. So it's a very organizing experience for me, internally and externally organizing. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I can't think of a better time now to hop into the Spotlight Story. If it's your first episode with us, at the end of each show, my guest and I dissect the mental health journey of someone else to let you, the listeners, know you are not alone. And as we have an all-star psychologist on the show today, we're going to go over the story of one of the most famous in all time, B.F. Skinner or Burris Frederick Skinner. He is most known for his influence on behaviorism. He referred to his own philosophy as radical behaviorism and suggested that the concept of free will was simply an illusion. All human action, he instead believed, was the direct result of conditioning. He said it was best known for operant conditioning, schedules of reinforcement, the Skinner box, cumulative recorder, and radical behaviorism. And I really enjoyed learning this stuff because on these articles, we usually talk about someone famous, talk about their mental health that way but i'd love to talk about this story with you as a fellow psychologist i one of his adventures i mentioned was the skinner box it was yep. a chamber that contained a bar or a key that an animal could press in order to receive food water or some other form of reinforcement which i thought was great what are your takes on bf skinner he <laughs> so man it goes back to all my graduate work yeah, I'm looking forward to this response about because free of your will and not free will. But this, this, the Skinner box in particular has been an integral part of understanding addiction. And you know, I've been in the in the field of addiction for 35 years. In that, you know, you put a you put a rat in a Skinner box, and basically you press a bar and you get a pellet. You put a rat in a Skinner box, you press a bar and you get some cocaine. <laughs> you will you will press that bar until you die. And it is this demonstration that there's, there's part of us. And the way I do it in my book and my work is this unconscious, subconscious, preconscious recording device that we live by, that Skinner really kind of was the first to really look at and, and theorize. And the, the difference between what he had to work with and what we have to work with in 2021 is really the understanding of biology and the functional MRI. And so in a lot of ways, Skinner was right that, you know, we're really not in control of ourselves. And that's my, that's my work in my dissertation was about self-sabotage and why, why does it suck in January to go to the gym? Because everybody thinks up in their brain, you know, they got this narrative that this time I'm going to get a six pack. But what happens in February is that, 
your unconscious, your pre-conscious, this, this thing that Skinner was starting to tap into starts to give you resistance, makes that couch a hell of a lot more sticky. And so you start to get stuck to the couch and no matter, you know, you can tell yourself, ah, oh, go to the gym, but you just can't do it. I love the analysis. I hope I brought back some good nostalgia for you. <laughs> I didn't know it'd be a, a direct correlation with your, uh, your, your dissertation Doctor, work. No, it did. It, it, you know, and Skinner, he, he made a really good step, but uh, uh, again, most of these early theory, you know, theoreticians and those, they didn't have access to really understand what the hell was going on inside of us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you look at the limbic cluster in the brain, you look at some of these deeper operant conditioned responses that we have, they are automatic and they are without, you know, pre-thought, they just happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something I get into in my shooting meditation to where, you know, we will naturally want to brace against the recoil of a gun. Unconsciously, we will flinch prior to the bang which means literally that we're not being present we're being we're attending to something that that isn't even happening Mm. and so it's a really profound insightful moment when it's like there's something happening in my body that i'm not in control of and that is a, a very important understanding to both addiction and basically human human behavior and so, you know, the recoil against Skinner, which is what I thought was great, all the, all the theoreticians, oh, hell no, you can do whatever you want in life. And it's like, um, yeah, right. Then why doesn't everybody have six packs? And so it's, you know, oh, it's just not. But, you know, I think he set the groundwork for really this question about free will in and of itself. So I think he was a giant and... You know, he, and, he wasn't as radical as he proposed and as as presented by the people who were against him. And he graduated from Harvard in 1931. So before the Internet, before resources, before all this technology that would have propelled him, leaves him bound. But thank you so much for that analysis, Doug. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join our community on a mental health break. I really enjoyed your resilience and your passion. As I mentioned before, your passion was spelt the entire episode and all your answers were genuine. And I appreciate that. How can everybody find you? Say hello. Check out your book, Driven. Yeah. So all things Dr. Doug, all things Dr. Doug Brockman is at a very simple place. It's IamDriven.com. All one word. So it's just IamDriven.com and that'll, that'll get you all you need to know. Iamdriven.com. He has an assessment or two on there as well. So be sure to check out all the value there and his book, Driven. We are at a mental health break on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. But on Twitter, because of the character limit, we are at Podcast by Lancey. And you get updates from all of my shows. I am at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media. My YouTube channel is Vincent A. Lancey. And my website is VincentALancey.com. Mental Health Week and Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health are available on Amazon now. See you next week on a mental health break.